Blog Talk Radio. This is psychic medium Erica Busterhaney with Second Sight Paranormal TV, and you're listening to The Ghost Coast with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hi, this is Dana Workman from Haunted Highway on Sci-Fi, and you're listening to The Ghost Host. Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Boom. This is Bill Murphy of Sci-Fi Channel's Fact or Fake Paranormal Files, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hey everybody, this is Rex Williams, the medic from Destination Truth, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia, on LiveParanormal.com. This is True TV's haunting evidence investigator, Patrick Burns. And Ghost Huntress author, Marley Gibson. And you're You're listening listening to Ghost Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli. And Michael Perry. And we're here, hello, we're here at the Ghost Host with Sophia Temporelli and Weekly. Paranormal.com. Weekly. Weekly at (laughs) LiveParanormal.com. This is Stefan Brigatti from Pacific Coast Paranormal, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. She rocks. This is Christopher Sanders with My Ghost Story on Biography. You are listening to the ghost host with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hi, this is Professor Lloyd Auerbach, parapsychologist, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. This is author Alexandra Holzer, and you're listening to Ghost Host Sophia Temporelli. Hi, this is Jeff Belanger, host of 30 Odd Minutes, founder of GhostVillage.com, and author of lots of your favorite paranormal books. And you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia, on LiveParanormal.com. Boo! This is Nick Groff, executive producer of Ghost Adventures, the original documentary in Ghost Adventures, season 1 through 10, and executive producer of Ghost Stalkers, author of Chasing Spirits, the building of the Ghost Adventures crew, and founder of NickGroffTours.com. You are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Tune in. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. That's right, it's the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com and now on GhostHunting.com. So congratulations, Sophia, on over 12 years of broadcasting here on uh, LiveParanormal.com and GhostHunting.com. And thank you, Rob Sirk, the site founder, for providing this format each and every week and to all our moderators. Thank you guys over the years for patching us through at live events when we had no internet feed. Thank you guys for all your help over the years. Feel free to call into the show at 347-202-0316. 
at 347-202-0316. As well, feel free to jump into the LiveParanormal.com chat room. It only takes a second to sign in, get yourself an avatar, and you'd be part of the LP family. And I'll post our guest links along the uh, chat room feed, too, as well, throughout the show. And today we welcome two Realm Paranormal co-founding paranormal researcher, photographer, lecturer, producer, and author Sabrina Marie, promoting her latest book, Dark Side of the Apple, a true story of paranormal attack. Everyone visit tworealmparanormalresearch.com. That's with the number two. So tworealmparanormalresearch.com, Twitter at Sabrina Marie 2 r uh, for Sabrina's upcoming hosted Baltimore, Ohio Roundhouse train station death car investigation, Sunday, October 14th has been added to the already sold out Saturday event. So tickets are going fast. So visit MidwestRailway.org. That's MidwestRailway.org for, uh, for the tickets. And Sabrina's book, Dark Side of the Apple, A True Story of Paranormal Attack. Get your copy at uh, BarnesandNoble.com. And uh, check out our upcoming shows. We have uh, guests that are currently selecting their dates to like the Ghost Host Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com Facebook fan page to learn of the guests as we learn of them real time. And let me bring on the host here, uh, Sophia. Congratulations on over 12 years of broadcasting here. Thank you. I can't believe it's already been 12 years. You know, you're doing a fantastic job. Your show has helped a lot of people over the years. And today's show will be no exception to as well. But also you have all these different things, Instagram, Twitter. Where can people find you? I'm on Instagram, at Sophia Temporelli, and Twitter, just at Sophia Temporelli with one L because my name's too long. Yeah, we cursed you with a really long name. That's what we did. So just drop one of the L's and you'll yeah. be able to find Sophia or YouTube and that, that kind of thing. Well, Sophia, tell us about your guest today. Today, we welcome Two Realm Paranormal co-founding paranormal researcher, lecturer, and author Sabrina Marie, promoting her latest book, Dark Side of the Apple, A True Story of Paranormal Attack. Everyone visit tworealmparanormalresearch.com, Twitter, at Sabrina Marie, 2R, and check out Sabrina's book, which just released, Dark Side of the Apple, A True Story of a Paranormal Attack, and you can find that on barnesandnoble.com. Let's welcome her into the show. Okay, Sabrina Marie, congratulations on the the sold-out event. So much. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Sophia. I am so happy to be here. I love your show. Well, thank you, and congratulations on your book. I mean, that's such an amazing accomplishment um, to write a book and, you know, get it out there. Um, What kind of – Initially, I know we'll talk about your book in a little bit, but what really started your interest in the paranormal? Was it an experience you had when you were younger, or did you just always kind of have a fascination? Well, I was born kind of into it. Um, I'm a hereditary medium. It's been passed down from great-great-grandmother to great-grandmother to grandmother to my mother to me. (laughs) So it's been a long road of it. And I started having experiences when I was really, really young. Um, my first actual investigation mm-hmm. was of my home, and I was 13 years old when I did that. I was home alone and saw a woman walking through my kitchen from outside and like, okay, my dogs are in there. I have to go in there and see what's going on in my house. So without knowing anything about paranormal research or anything like that at the time, because you know, there weren't a lot of TV shows, so it wasn't, it wasn't as mm-hmm. accepted as it is now, I went in and, and it was natural for me just to start asking the questions. 
the investigative questions like, you know, who are you? Why are you here? You know, and what can I do to help you? I was scared. I was very scared. <laughs> but, but it was just a natural thing for me. And I've, I've had a fascination since. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, being scared or not, that's still really brave of you to go and do that. I started in the field when I was eight, and I realized my house was haunted when I was nine. And even though I love the field, I was not looking to talk to the ghost in there. He's super creepy. So, I mean, that's amazing that you really kind of took that initiative so young and tried to figure out what was going on in your house. It was – that house was, was really – crazy. I mean, we had so much activity there that I kind of didn't didn't have much of a choice <laughs> to face the fears mm-hmm. and just go into it because everywhere, every every day, you know, every room, there was something happening. I mean, we would have electronics turn on in the middle of the night. I mean, that house was just, it was crazy. Did you ever figure out um, who may have been haunting it or what the spirit was there? It was actually a brand new build, so we we mm-hmm. had no idea why this house would be so haunted. And then we figured out that um, there was actually somebody that was killed on the land. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good reason for a piece of property to be haunted. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of people, you know, think just tearing down a house or something will kind of make it all go away. But sometimes it's just the land itself, and you can't really do anything about that. Yeah, sometimes it definitely can be the land. And I've done a lot of investigations where people are like, my house is brand new. This building, this this business is brand new. But, yeah, it's your land. You never know what's happened on there. I mean, when you go back, way back in time, you, you don't know what's really happened on that land. I mean, chances are somebody has died there. Somebody has done something there that wasn't pleasant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Land's going to be haunted probably more than homes. No, for sure. I mean, that's (laughs) definitely, I mean, you never know what the history is, you know, like way back when, when there wasn't records and stuff of, you know, exact things during that time. Um, So, I mean, it's just incredible, you know, to find out the history of, you know, kind of beyond the house itself. Um, And you had these experiences when you were younger, but you also co-founded um, Two Realm Paranormal. How did that come about from your experiences when you were younger to ultimately creating a team? Well, what's really funny about Two Realm is that it's a mother-daughter team. So mm-hmm. I teamed up with my mom. We never talked about experiences we were having or because my mom's a medium too. We never talked about any of that stuff when I was young. She kind of kept her gifts away from me and I was too scared people would think I was crazy. So I kept everything away from her. And then one night we were just talking in Salem and doing a ghost walk. And, like, you know, I'm having experiences. And we just opened up the conversation together. And, like, right there in Salem, Massachusetts, it's been about 16 years now, we created Two Realm Paranormal. I mean, honestly, that's so great, though, to just be able to share those experiences with your mom. Um I started investigating with my parents, and I can definitely say it's great to just be able to, you know, have someone you really trust like that that you can rely on in investigations. Um, and it's 
you know, interesting when you can compare stories about like your haunted house too. I know when I told my mom about the, my experiences in my haunted house, she didn't know what to think. I was telling her I was being watched while I slept and she kind of thought maybe that was messing with her head. And when we had a psychic come over, he said, and the ghost stands here, which is right next to where she was. So we were both being watched while we slept, but you know, I didn't know that until after that fact, because it's, it's like, you know, you don't know what is, you know, causing you to think that, whether it's, you know, someone else saying it and it's just putting your nerves on edge or if you're actually experiencing something. Yeah, exactly. You know, she, I I had an imaginary friend when I was young. At least she thought it was an imaginary friend. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It turned out years later we talked about it and I told her what he looked like. I'm about 40 years old, kind of disheveled, dirty man. And she, she was like, oh, my God, you had a grown man that was your imaginary friend. I'll never forget her reaction to that. But we figured out that, yeah, it wasn't imaginary. It was actually my great uncle. Oh, wow. He was there to protect me. Yeah, he was there to protect me because there were some not-so-nice spirits in the house we were living in when I was a little girl. So it was a affecting my grandmother it was affecting other people in the house but he was there to protect me and my my mom still to this day is is in shock that there was a grown man that she thought was a little boy that was just hanging out with me being my imaginary friend yeah it's definitely I think a lot for parents to take in when that happens um the ghost in my house was like in his 20s and um yeah my parents when they realized how close he was getting to me, we were like, oh, yeah, you're going to sleep in our room from now on. So um, <laughs> I definitely think our parents can relate on that. But, I mean, it is really just awesome that you are able to share those experiences with her um, and just really have the family both on the afterlife side and here. I mean, having your great uncle protect you is really special to have that. It goes actually deeper than than my great uncle. We found out a couple years ago, which is why I wrote Dark Side, this place that was just horrible. My -hmm. grandmothers actually are my guides. So I have three generations before me that are my guides and my protectors now. And I haven't had any contact with my great uncle since I was little. So I'm hoping he moved Mm -hmm. on. But it's so nice to have my grandmothers with me protecting me from everything that's negative in this world and guiding me through life. For sure. And when you and your mom kind of discovered that you both were sharing these experiences, um, did you both kind of go about developing your abilities together or was that still more of like an individual journey in kind of figuring out how to navigate those abilities? It's an individual. Um, My mom's a little Mm -hmm. reluctant. She's, under a lot of stress in life and everything, she, so she kind of pushes it away. She doesn't necessarily want to communicate as much. I, you know, knock the door down. I'm very open to it, and sometimes it terrifies me, <laughs> certain people that come through, but I love it. And, and I've developed into several other ways. Like, I'm, I'm a physical medium. I mm-hmm. can actually speak to spirits and go into locations and, and communicate and know what's there. I'm an empath. 
And I'm also what we're trying to name. Um, I was calling it a psychic Destula, but it's getting confusing for people because a Destula is mm-hmm. different than what I am. So it's currently unnamed. <laughs> I am. Um, I can actually help people. I can open their light, and mm-hmm. then I can also close it. I can help people along their journey into passing away. So it's a it's a rare gift. I've not met anybody else that has. I've only read one person years ago when I figured this out that had this gift, and I've never been able to find her. So I'm kind of on my own. It's a, it's a learning process with this one. Definitely. I mean, it, that's such a unique ability, and it, it definitely, I feel like in general, kind of navigating abilities when you do know other psychics or mediums is kind of difficult trying to figure out what works for you. But when you have, like, not really anything to go off, that has to be extremely difficult to just kind of navigate. Yeah, when I figured this, when this started happening, it was um, it was actually with some people that I love. They they were terminally ill, and mm-hmm. you, you hear these things about white light them and, you know, try to heal them and things like that. And, and I usually don't open up about this, but I did. I white-lighted them, and then one day, been getting better, and I woke up that morning, and I wasn't feeling well. I, my head mm-hmm. was hurting really bad I I, my day was just nothing but illness and I completely forgot to white light them and then I find out later on in the day or the next day that they had passed away and what had happened was that I was giving my energy to them I was giving as my mom would say a piece of me to them and Mm -hmm. it ended up making me sick my sickness was meaning that it was time to stop, that they had to go. So that yeah. part of it is it's re- it's very rewarding to know that I helped them. I mean, one woman that I did that with, she had her family all over the country, and she had just went into hospice with terminal cancer, and she just wanted her family around her. So mm-hmm. I was doing that. And they were supposed to get there and they're like, please just hold on, just hold on until they get there. And then they did. She got to pass away with her entire family around her. I thought it was a fluke that it had nothing to do with me. It was fate, you know, that she was just supposed to hang on. And then it happened again with someone else the same way. And I started to realize that this could possibly be something I was doing. I mean, I had a ton of self-doubt in it. I got mm-hmm. a hold of a, a very, very strong, uh, very knowledgeable and educated metaphysics master, is what I would call him. <laughs> and he mm-hmm. said, what you're doing is you're a Dastula. You're a psychic Dastula. Just look into that, research it, and you'll understand what I mean. And I looked into it. I, I did a ton of research on it, and I'm like, I'm finding all these people in, in hospitals and hospices that are helping people you know, get their affairs together. They're there to hold their hand while they pass. They're there to make death as easy as possible for these people and as comfortable as possible for them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this isn't what I'm doing. This isn't me. So that added to my confusion. And then I found this woman, and I wish 
I knew who she was. I wish I could talk to her because this is such a hard gift to have. And I read what she was doing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is me. This is what I'm doing. This is what it means. And she couldn't name it either. So just by default, from what he said, I've been calling myself a psychic Dessula, and people are getting extremely confused with it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what to call it now. That's, but that's just one part of it is, is the being able to help people pass. There's a second part of it where mm-hmm. I can almost get a glimmer of light around people, spirits especially, and I can open that light to help them move on. And it works best for me to help them move on with my mother. We're an amazing team at this. She, she does the talking and I do the energy and the light work. So I can actually open and close the light for spirits to move on and call to their family from the other side. I mean, I definitely think, you know, a psychic, you know, a death doula makes sense because it's like you're helping them transition into the next stage of life. You know, doulas, you normally think of helping people give birth, but you're helping them other half of life, Um, just kind of more on the spiritual level, not more the physical yeah, exactly. I mean, that's definitely, I can imagine, so difficult to go through just, you know, experiencing experiencing it and being through it um, and just, you know, knowing you're helping them, but also, you know, knowing that they're about to move on. So, I mean, it's definitely very, you know, just amazing and that you are doing that for people and helping them. It, it takes a real huge toll out of me. I mean, I'm sick for days mm-hmm. after and emotional. I mean, I had n- nobody to talk to. I had nobody that knew anything about this, and I was facing these things on my own, and I'm like, I honestly thought I was harming people for the longest mm-hmm. time, and there was such a guilt inside me until I talked to this man, and he helped me understand and helped me not feel so guilty. Um it's definitely a gift I, I wish I didn't have. I, yeah, understandably. It's, it's rewarding, but it's also very depressing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to deal with. Now, the helping spirits move on, they're, they're already gone. I love that. I love being able to give them a sense of peace and let them find their way to their deceased family and and not be stuck here on this mortal plane anymore. That I love. Definitely. I can, I, I lost my aunt in November of last year and it's definitely hard to go through, you know, watching someone go through the end of their life. So I know why that's like difficult for you. um, Cause it's, it's, it's someone that's actually still here, but then, they won't be versus, you know, someone who already moved on and you're just helping their spirit cross over. So I can definitely see why that's so taxing for you. Um, And, you know, something that even if someone has, they may not know it because they may not have ever been put in that situation where they are able to utilize that ability. Exactly. It's, It's a horrible and yet rewarding thing to do. When you're going through this, I know you said you're sick for days. Um, what 
I know that a lot of people, when they're just doing either psychic readings or mediumship, they also experience, you know, so much draining of their energy. Is there anything you do to kind of help you through that or advice you would give to others who are kind of dealing with that um, energy drain through any version of abilities? Absolutely ground themselves. Um, go out, put your feet in the grass, your bare feet in the grass, um, and just release all that energy back to the earth. I mean, we, we are energy. Mm-hmm. Um, the earth is energy, and it gives us energy. So give all of that built up inside you back to the earth. Just find some way to ground yourself. And what advice would you give for someone wanting to develop their abilities further as well? Be sure you really want to. Because you're going to see stuff and mm-hmm. you're going to experience stuff and feel things that you may not want to. Um, where there is 50% of the time this, this beautiful communication with these people and you can actually help them, there is also the other 50% where you see people that that are in their death state. You see people that are still stuck in trauma. You have to face these horrible things that they went through and even, you know, sometimes fill them physically yourself. And then there are those things that are not human that you'll see as a psychic and you'll feel as a psychic. So the first thing is to make sure you really want to take the chance of what you're going to get in that bad 50%. Um mm-hmm. I would suggest going out with paranormal teams. Don't do it in your home. Go to a location. Uh, find a team you can go out and you can research with that you can be safe with and try to communicate. Try to just shut yourself down, shut your own mind down, and let the first things that come to you be the thoughts that you're given. Because chances are, you know, um, I heard Patty Negri one day say, you know, it's what the first thing you get. Don't overthink it because if you overthink it, you're going to mm-hmm. change it. So it's, let that first thought be what you get. Don't try to change it and overthink it. And believe Definitely. in yourself. Yeah, overthinking is very tough, especially when you're on an investigation, you know, um, trying to know if you're going on a location how much to know about the location so you at least know what you're walking into, but also not trying to kind of do a form of mental pareidolia where you're trying to find all this history within the evidence. Absolutely. And then there's there's amazing people like Patty who um, I think she has classes on um, her university, Stephanie Burke, and, and taught, those people are, are wonderful. And talking to them, going through their classes and, and helping them and helping they can help you, I should say, mm-hmm. develop your abilities. But you can also just try to one of the things I, I used to do, I would play with it and I would watch T V and to be like, what commercial is next? <laughs> I would try to figure out what commercial would be next. Half the time I'd be right, half the time I'd be wrong. But it developed over time like that and I just I got confident in my ability to guess what would be next. And then I, I let myself go into the more spiritual world. When I started uh, really investigating with my mom and we went out there always doing it, it just exploded in me. For sure. I mean, that's definitely good practice, just using kind of mundane things so you can test, you know, 
if you're right about what was upcoming. Um, I think the funny thing is, like, I'm not psychic, I'm sensitive, but when I'm actually on paranormal investigations, I overthink things, like, to death. I overthink just in general, but, like, I would say on paranormal investigations, I'm more closed off than if I'm just doing day-to-day things. Like, most of the strange things that have happened to me are not on investigations because of that. So maybe too tuned in <laughs> to it. Yeah. So, you, you do um, yeah. So, I mean, I definitely think that's good that you were practicing just with like regular life because, you know, I feel like sometimes when it comes to the paranormal, like, you truly do get more when you're just in your natural element. Yeah, you do. I just, I don't recommend anybody investigate or try to speak to spirits in their homes. <laughs> that can open up a big door you don't want to yeah. open up. Definitely. And also, I mean, homes where you should feel safe. So unless you really are prepared for that, I mean, you kind of just probably want to leave that as a place you can go to turn off the paranormal. Absolutely. Um, I do know we have to take a quick commercial break, though, but we'll be right back and talk about your book you just released. Yeah, the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporal and LiveParanormal.com guest today. We welcome uh, Two Realm Paranormal co-founding paranormal researcher, photographer, lecturer, producer, and author Sabrina Marie. And yes, that book, Dark Side of the Apple, A True Story of Paranormal Attack, is available at BarnesandNoble.com. The website, TwoRealmParanormalResearch.com. Twitter at Sabrina Marie 2R, and also, too, for uh, tickets added another second day on October 14th, there's, uh, visit MidwestRailway.org. That's MidwestRailway.org, and uh, you get to investigate the famous death car at the uh, Ro- uh, Baltimore, Ohio Roundhouse train station, uh, MidwestRailway.org. The Ghost Host Show is Sophia Tempelli on LiveParanormal.com. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dustin Perry, the Paranormal Rockstar, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with the most, Sophia Temporelli, only on LiveParanormal.com. Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporilli, on LiveParanormal.com. Not only am I Dave Schrader, but I'm Dave Schrader of Travel Channel's The Holzer Files. And you're listening to <laughs> Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. I feel left out. I wanted to throw myself into your mix of, of voiceovers now. 
I love it. You know, uh, it's almost like we didn't leave break. Yeah, Dave, poor Dave left out of the sound bites. And that's where I've seen it. Uh, the death car, uh, you have the event coming up, Sabrina. I'm trying to unmute everybody here. And Sabrina, you're unmuted. And that's where I saw it. Cindy Kaza was doing uh, free riding in that, that car in Ohio. Yeah, she was. Um, yeah, Hulker Files was uh, one of the places that I first saw it investigated. Of Shane getting touched in the pit under one of the trains, and Dave saw the shadow figure, and Cindy did her automatic writing in the death car. Now, we've actually yeah. done um, another event there and investigated several times. That place is off the charts with activity. Wow. Well, it's definitely going to be an awesome event. Um, and again, do you want to tell people where they can, you know, learn more about your event and any upcoming events you have? Um, all my social media, uh, Sabrina Marie is my name on pretty much everything, uh, or Two Realm Paranormal. Um, Midway, MidwestRailway.org is where tickets can be bought for both of the events. It's Friday the 13th in October and Saturday the 14th because we sold out the 13th in 24 hours. So that was pretty darn cool <laughs> to sell out that fast. And yeah, I mean, that's awesome. On Saturday. And you're so busy, too. Um, so, I mean, thank you again for taking the time out to come on my show today. Um, and rescheduling. I know um, when you were originally supposed to be on, we were having some technical difficulties. So thank you, you know, just for that and for, you know, coming on today. I'm just excited to be on. <laughs> like I said, I said in the beginning, I love the show. Well, thank you. Um, and, I mean, it's so exciting. You released your book. Um, can you tell the audience about your recent book release, Dark Side of the Apple, A True Story of Paranormal Attack? Um, just what kind of inspired you and just what readers can expect from buying your book? Well, I call this book uh, my real-life horror story. Um, Living in an apartment for 28 years, uh, my mom and I lived there. We were bombarded by paranormal activity from the day we moved in. Um, my mom actually mm -hmm. said that the place felt like it had a dark cloud over it. And that did not disappoint whatsoever. It really did have a dark cloud over it. We experienced everything in this place from a, a constant spiritual highway like always somebody new coming in. It was like a revolving door mm -hmm. to poltergeist activity, to shadow figures, to things I cannot explain what they were, to demonic activity. I was actually oppressed in this place and nearly killed by an entity twice. So we really ran the gamut of everything paranormal there. And we weren't the only ones. I mean, the entire building, it was, it was a complex with multiple buildings, but our building was the worst. Other people were experiencing some of the things that we were, but with us being beacons, essentially, by being mediums and paranormal investigators, it really bombarded us. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Um, I can't even imagine going through that, um, especially like you said, since both of you have abilities and just really drawing in kind of all things supernatural. It was, it was pretty bad. And I think I took a, a lot of the brunt of it. Um, and my mom was kind mm -hmm. of my hero. We, we both had a ton of activity, but 
the two darkest things that were there really targeted me, um, which was they weren't you know, brought in from the building. They were brought in from people that lived in the building. Mm-hmm. They, my uh, A neighbor moved in, and he was just one of the most absolutely horrible people I've ever met in my life. And he called himself the boss. He pretty much treated people like slaves. He had people doing his bidding. Wow. And we actually asked him to turn his television down one day because it was knocking things off the walls. It was so loud. Mm -hmm. And my mother knocked on the door and so angry at her that she backed up thinking he was going to hit her. And he went away. And he came back and he was friendly, all of a sudden friendly. Like nothing had happened and things that were really dark started happening. I don't know how it ended up coming to me, but Mm -hmm. he had actually conjured up a a gen. His religion believes in gens and and how to conjure them. So he had conjured up a gen and it attached itself to me. And, And people don't know what a gen is. It's a lower level demon. This thing had me near suicide. I There were times that I wanted to just go ahead and, and just end my life because I couldn't take what I was going through anymore. It was showing me my suicide. It actually showed me, and I could hear its voice, this, this horrible, growling, inhuman voice state, if you do it like this, the mattress will absorb your blood and your mother will be happy you died. And it showed me actually splitting my wrist on my mattress. It would have me thinking that nobody loved me, but every, all of my friends turned against me. Mm-hmm. It, it showed me a child that's in my life being killed. It was, it, was, it was touching me inappropriately. It was, I, I'm sorry, I get a little emotional when I talk about it, but... It, it was I mean, the worst time in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, my my mother finally, uh, she tried everything. She researched every belief system, every cleansing, every everything I poss- we could possibly find and tried everything. And finally one night, um, with the help of my grandmothers and calling the ancestors, because we're, we're also Cherokee, Mm-hmm. She, we both saw the spirit light, like this wall of spirit. She's just angels, ancestors, um, in between myself and this demon. And I managed to break its hold. And yeah, in the movies, you, you see people say they smelled roses when an exorcism was done. I mm-hmm. legitimately smelled roses. It's true, you do. That yeah, was the I mean, most terrifying thing I've ever experienced in my life. That, I mean, would be so life-changing to go through. Um, I mean, I, I there's no words to describe, you know, what you went through, but I'm happy that you were able to make it out on the other side and eventually freed yourself of this demon. Um, and I'm sorry that you had to go through all of that. Well, I, the demon was definitely the worst part. But mm-hmm. this place, I mean, it was it was exhausting for 28 years going through everything that we both went through in this place. And 
then another neighbor, you know, we, we wanted, um, my mother mostly, wanted a witch's board or Ouija board, essentially. And mm-hmm. it got delivered, and these neighbors that were pretending they were a Satanist sold it. And they opened it in the attic of their apartment right next door. Never closed it. They must have gotten scared of it. But they left it, and um, it changed them first. He became very violent to her and ended up arrested. And something came through that and attacked me a few years after it had been opened. Uh, I felt hands go into my chest and squeeze my lungs, and I couldn't breathe. I ran into the living room, and, Mom, I I saw this girl, and I, I can't breathe. I feel her hands in my chest, and I'm really struggling trying to get it out. And it took me a few minutes to actually get the words out that I couldn't breathe. And her and my friends, they were there. They started praying over me and got this thing off of me. And I literally have damage to my lungs from that night. Wow. Building was the epitome of health. Yeah, I mean, to to have that type of lasting damage, too, is, I mean, that's something that even when the spirit's gone, you're still dealing with it. It really shows, you know, just like your book says, the dark side of, you know, just everything um, when it comes to the paranormal. Yeah, and I, I wanted to write this book uh, to show everybody that, you know, out there that's going through similar situations that, you know, they're not crazy because I felt crazy the whole time I was there. Like nobody's going to believe what's going on. And, and I still to this day, even talking about it now, I, I question who's going to come and bash me because of all the stuff that I'm putting out publicly. But I'm willing to take that brunt of bashing so that other people know that they aren't crazy. So if they're going through similar mm-hmm. situations, that there's somebody out there that believes them and then it, that will try to help them in any way she can. I want them to know that they're validated and, and that they can be okay. Absolutely. I mean, that's so important um, when people are going through home hauntings to just have that support. Um, you know, like I said, when I lived in my haunted house, I was so lucky to have my mom. My dad, although he's in the paranormal, did not believe me when I said our house was haunted. Understandably, I mean, he did grow up there as a child um, for a time, but he absolutely didn't believe me. He thought it was my imagination. Um, and my mom's always just, the dad. <laughs> yeah, it's always the dad, exactly. Um, literally to this day, if you ask him who discovered the ghost in our house, he will tell you it was our dog. It was not our dog. <laughs> like, yes, the dog <laughs> saw the ghost. It wasn't the dog. Um, but luckily, my mom just, she didn't know what to say, um, but she just, said okay um and then when she heard knocking coming from the inside of her closet door in her vanity she's like okay our house is definitely haunted um and that's kind of when they knew but it's it would have been really hard to go through if both of my parents you know had just not believed me um because you know especially when you're a child going through it it's I went to Catholic school no one at school is gonna care or believe me um and so it's so important you know when you're dealing with it you know that there's someone that believes you and wants to help 
exactly. My my mom is my hero in every way, and she's my godsend. And she she's the one that kept me from actually, you know, doing something stupid <laughs> during all this and, and ending my life. I mean, if I hadn't had my mom, and my dad doesn't believe any of it. I mean, my dad is like, he doesn't believe in mediums. He believes in ghosts, but it's like, no, I don't believe in paranormal research. I think you're going to get possessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he doesn't want me to do any of it. But my mom is everything in this. And I'm so lucky to have her be my partner in this team and to do the research with me. For sure. And to have your grandmothers on the other side, too, guiding you. Um, I mean, you really have that powerful female influence in the paranormal which is so important um and when it comes to your team too um how do people contact you if they have a residential problem currently um they can contact me on my facebook if they want to um i'm open to all all of that um on social media and but on the page on my website uh, to com, there's a contact I mean, it's great, too, um, that you do that, because I was just remembering, too, um, like I said, my dad, understandably, didn't really understand at first. He grew up in the house until he was nine, and um, my grandfather was a paranoid schizophrenic, so he had to leave, um, and then they moved in after my grandfather passed. He wasn't the ghost haunting it, but um, in my later years, I do think that my grandfather was a paranoid schizophrenic, but I often think that the spirit in the house may have preyed on that as well. Um, so it's important just to have, you know, someone that really understands the situation because there's so much that can be going on unknown in these homes. Yeah, that's, that's a really dangerous situation for, for somebody that actually has any kind of illness, physical, mental, emotional spirits, and especially negative spirits will prey on that. And that can Mm -hmm. cause a, a lot of pain in the living Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely, you know, such a sensitive topic. And I do think it's great that you wrote this book to help people like that um, go through these situations. Um, But I mean, like I said, um, I think that people should definitely contact you if they're going through home hauntings. What is your procedure when you are going into home haunting? Do you try and research the home beforehand or do you just kind of go in there um, blindly due to your abilities? Well, if they contact us, we're going to do an interview first, always, um, mm-hmm. because I want to know what I can get psychically off of them and what my mom feels empathically off of them and see if we can get the, maybe there's an attachment or something that's oppressing or if there's anything that's more like a, a, an illness. Um, we did mm-hmm. have a man that had diabetes and neuropathy and he was feeling like something was tapping his feet in the middle of the night and there was a really big question on whether or not it was the neuropathy that was causing that or if it was actually a spirit turns out it was both so i i typically want to interview them um sometimes we can actually do live chat and a a little bit of a remote investigation so that we get Mm -hmm. a fill up the home and then we'll talk history, and if need be, we'll go investigate. Or if they're somewhere else in, in the country or in the world, we'll do our best to find a team to go in that's reliable, and we'll keep them safe. 
For sure. Um, like I said, I mean, I really do think the way you handle um, the situations is so admirable, um, especially with what you went through to keep pushing forward in the paranormal is just amazing. Um, but with these experiences and like you were saying, um, trying to figure out your abilities, do you think that you'll write a book in the future too as kind of a guide of how to navigate these abilities? Possibly. I, I've actually thought of that. This this book was actually my um, eighth book. I have one about mm-hmm. us and as a team, and I have um, some poetry, photography, short story that's more horror and paranormal related. I've got four children's books <laughs> and just some poetry books out there. But writing, I, I love doing the paranormal books. I love doing books that can help people. So I have thought mm-hmm about writing about the abilities, the guests, it's, even though they're hard for me to talk about, um, and it's hard to explain a lot of times. I mean, I think any psychic would tell you that it's hard to explain them and how they happen. But yeah, I have. I thought of that. I definitely think it would be cool if you did write one. Um, I know we're coming towards the end of the show, though. So, I mean, on the topic of just the paranormal, um, you have this amazing event coming up with the death card, but... Are there, if you could investigate anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Oh, my goodness. I would definitely come out your direction and do the Star of India. I love the thought of doing that ship. I Ooh. saw it on um, on Coast Adventures and <laughs> fell in love with it. I'm, I'm all about doing stuff that's unique. Mm-hmm. And that's more of a unique investigation. So that one definitely, yeah. um, I would love to do Queen Mary. Yeah, that's a great location, that too. I think it's pretty obvious that's why and why I would want to do that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's a really big ship. Make sure to get your cardio in first. <laughs> I don't know how I investigated it so many times. I, I did not pass the biome PE. <laughs> those, those are definitely on my top of my bucket list. Stanley, of course. <laughs> For obvious reasons, but yeah, Star of India is definitely the top one. I I did I, I've done Gettysburg multiple times, and that place has turned into like home to me. So I'm always wanting to go back there. <laughs> well, those are definitely awesome locations to go to. If you're ever at the Queen Mary, definitely let us know. Um, we're super close to it. Uh, we haven't been back since any of the renovations, um, but, I mean, it's an amazing ship, and they definitely have renovated it a lot, so um, it looks even better. They have, like, LED lights everywhere, which, as a gamer, I'm just like, oh, it looks so cool. <laughs> um, so it's a great <laughs> ship, and it looks even prettier. If I ever do get out that way, I'll definitely let you know. I would love to investigate with you. Well, I would love to investigate with you as well, and... Since we're coming towards the end of the show, um, for anyone who wants to investigate with you, listening, again, let them know about your upcoming events, any interviews, investigations you have, productions, or books that you would like to mention. Well, uh, all of my books are listed, and my events and appearances interviews are all listed on two realm. That's the number two, realmparanormalresearch.com. The event that we're holding is October, Friday the 13th at the historic B&O Roundhouse. It's the Baltimore, Ohio Roundhouse in Cleveland, Ohio. That one is sold out, but it sold out so quickly with so much interest that we decided to add 
Saturday, October 14th to it. And that one has nine tickets as of this morning available. So we might add a third day, the 27th of October, if the 14th sells out. So that one's iffy. Um, I'll definitely be back at the Gettysburg Battlefield Bash next year in July. Um, Scary City presents the High Nation Paranormal Horror Show, which is my friend Santiago Cirillo's event in Paragould, Arkansas. That's also in July next year. And that's what I've got going on right this minute, but it changes constantly. <laughs> well, you're definitely so busy, um, but you are always welcome back on my show in the future. And I want to thank you again so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been my pleasure. Yeah, Sabrina Reed, thank you so much. And it's actually funny, yeah. anybody wants to go, anybody going to your event, you have a children's book with two ghosts on the death car. That, that was so cool. <laughs> and that was actually a, a fundraiser event that we did. We did a Paracon now. It was a fundraiser, and we wrote the book specifically for them. <laughs> yeah, it's got the two ghosts on the death car hanging out. And <laughs> I just thought it was a cool children's book. But but thank you so much, Sabrina Marie. I'll send you over the archive show uh, as soon as it's loaded. All right. Yeah, thank so you. Much. Bye. All right, thank you. Bye. Well, fantastic show today, Sophia. Definitely. Sabrina was such a great guest. I want to thank you for all for listening. This should definitely not be possible without all of you. And I will talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Yeah, and I'll let you know, too, about uh, all all of her links and everything again, too. It's two, the number two, so tworealmparanormalresearch.com. That's tworealmparanormalresearch.com. Barnesandnoble.com for her book, too, and uh, Dark Side of the Apple, A True Story of Paranormal Attack. And, uh, yeah, on her uh, website, uh, you can see, too, on uh, tworealmparanormalresearch.com. There is all of her titles listed, too, and they're all great titles, inspirational, too, as well as the children's books. And also on Twitter, at Sabrina Marie 2 r Facebook, too, as well. Um, uh, we have some great guests coming up, too, as well. We're, we're securing their dates, and uh, they're going to be on uh, when they're going to be on the show. So visit the ghost host, Sophia Temporarily, on LiveParanormal.com to learn of the guests as we learn up in real time. And a great show, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Debbie from Sion Ghost Adventures. You're listening to The Ghost Host with your host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. God bless you all. for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.LiveParanormal.com the only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun.